Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller with My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. Today, my special guest is Michelle Riviera. She is the librarian at Portal Elementary School. And I wanted to interview Michelle because she brings a unique perspective as somebody who is a children's book illustrator and aspiring author. I thought she would be the perfect person to ask about um, what young readers are reading nowadays and how librarians get those books and place them into uh, their collection. So hi, Michelle. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. And I wanted to tell you personally, um, it was such an honor to have you like my work so much that you printed it out large <laughs> size and hung it on, you know, in the hallway to your library. That is such an honor. Oh, my kids loved it. They're like, Miss Rivera, Miss Rivera, I love it. And a lot of teachers were like, ooh, where'd you get that? And so I passed on your information. I don't know if any of them reached out to you, but they all really thought he was a really cute little mouse reading his book. So it was great. I love it. Thank you so much. And um, so I thought perfect person to ask about, you know, the audience that um, I'm creating books for. And so one of the things that I wanted to hear from you was a little bit more about your journey to becoming a media specialist, because now they we pretty much call you guys media specialists, right? Is librarian yes, kind of more old school term, I guess, or does it matter? Does it to me, it doesn't matter. I actually prefer a librarian because media specialists generally centered on when we were kind of the gatekeepers of all the technology things. But now most of that technology is in the hands of the teachers. And so generally, um, I prefer personally librarian because my specialty is the books more so than the technology piece of it. But that's just me personally. Other people, I don't know how they feel about it, but that's me. Oh, cool. Well, it's good to know. I just wanted to make sure. But yeah, tell me a little bit how you got into um, that aspect of education. Um, both my parents are teachers. Um, my dad taught science and my mom taught math um, for forever. In fact, my mom just retired um, from 47 years in education. So she was a big influence for me. <laughs> That's a lot of years. <laughs> yes, quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, I was a classroom teacher for three years and then decided I was going to go back and get my master's degree in uh, instructional technology with a focus in the media specialist component. And while I was there, I became a grad assistant for the um, instructional resource center, which was basically a media center for college level. And so I was the media specialist there for nine years because the director retired while I was an assistant there. And I just kind of took over from her. And then I went to the Langston Chapel Elementary where I was a, a technology teacher and STEM teacher for four years. And then I then migrated to Portal Elementary School where I was a media specialist. And I love the book side of things. When I was a media specialist at the college level, we didn't do a lot with the books, but I did enough to be like, oh, I really want to kind of get back into this classroom environment with the little kids because that's a piece that I missed. And then when the position opened at Langston, it got me back with the kids. And then the Langston position at Portal opened up and I was like, oh, that's where I want to be. So um, I jumped on that as quick as I could. Oh, that's awesome. Well, it's, it's a wonderful little school. I've been there when I was teaching in Bullitt County um, okay. because 
yeah i would go and visit but that the um this was tells you how it was a while ago but i would go and i believe um i'm trying to remember it might have been dina might have been the art teacher at the time at the elementary oh, okay yeah she yeah, yeah so it's been a while yeah. and i've had her mm -hmm. at, yeah so yeah. i've had also had her as a guest on the podcast oh, nice. but now she, yeah now she's at the uh, middle high school she is an awesome job she is absolutely yeah i adore dina she's just a wonderful um teacher and mm -hmm. just person she <laughs> and is. Artist. she's yeah. she's got a very creative uh look at, outlook on life and i love talking with her she's just awesome so i was wondering because you have done so much within that field over mm -hmm. the course of all this time and i was wondering can you kind of go over like what has been like the major change that you've seen with being a um, librarian over this time span and again, I touched on it a little bit, but I really think from being the gatekeepers of technology, um, back before when I was at Georgia Southern, I, the, we the um, we took care of all the technology piece thing, and that was true for the elementary and middle and the high school as well. Is oh, let's go set up your computer, help with the technology piece. Here's a projector, here's a camcorder, here's a camera, whatever, where we were the gatekeepers and, oh, we know all the technology pieces of with the internet and everything. So the biggest change was going back to our roots in a way of books and things and being the expert in what kids are interested in reading and what's the up and coming authors and what's super duper interesting for the kids with the books. So I think that's the probably the biggest change I've seen is we're going back to our roots of we are the lovers of books and we will find something for you to read. Oh, that's wonderful. That's probably, you know, the joy of being a librarian because most of the librarians I've talked to, they're avid, voracious readers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, now, what is the best part of being a um, elementary librarian? You know. <laughs> I like story time. I enjoy it. I enjoy doing the different voices and then little activities. But to be honest, it's when a kid walks in and says, I don't know what to read. And I'm like, okay, what do you want? And then they give me some ideas. And then I says, well, can I pick something for you that I think you might like? And on occasion, I've got those brave souls that are like, sure, just give me something to read. And so I'll go find something that I love growing up reading and introduce them to a new book series or something. And they come back to us. I love this book. Do are there more? And they just get super excited, and then they read every book by that author. And that that of finding instilling a sense of love of reading in kids who just don't necessarily want to read because we're not all natural readers. We some a lot of us struggle with reading, and so finding something that they really gravitate toward in re pushing beyond what they would normally want to read is probably my favorite part of the job. <laughs> Wonderful. So I was wondering, then how do you decide what books are gonna be purchased for your collection at your school? I do hit a lot of the uh, Newberry and Caldecott Award um, books. A lot of times I look at the cover, <laughs> which I know is super professional of me to say, but I do. I mean, if it looks something like my kids have been checking out a lot of books about sports figures, for example, and it says, oh, there's some books about sports. No, that one looks really interesting. So uh, I really rely heavily on an illustrator's job to convince me that, hey, this is going to be a really interesting book. Um, fellow librarians, when I go to my uh, professional learning uh, 
cohorts we get together and we're like hey what are your kids reading what's up and coming what's really interesting and we talk and that's how i uh generally decide and then if a kid is like miss rivera i want to read about Soto Simon, uh, what's uh, Sonia Sotomayor? I can't pronounce her name correctly, so forgive me. And I'm like, um, I don't have the book on that, so I'll write it down and I'll order that. A lot of times they'll be like, Oh, I want something about this person or this topic, and so I'll look for those. Oh, and do you get also? I'm sorry, this is not in my questions originally. That's okay. Also, with the teachers, do the teachers because are they coming to you and saying, hey, um, do you have just like the students because I'm teaching this lesson or whatever? Mm -hmm. Does that come often? It does, but theirs is relatively predictable because they have the standards that they have to teach. You know, certain grade levels have to teach um, states of matter and um, certain, you know, wars and things like that. So it's relatively predictable. So that's not, that's much less of a surprise. Like, oh, I don't have that on hand. Um, but yeah, they're like, hey, what's a good book to read for my fifth graders? Because I have one of my fifth grade ELA teachers that she likes to do book studies. And she was like, okay, I need it to be kind of in this reading range, but not too hard, but something I can read aloud that I'm going to like. And like, hmm, hold on. <laughs> so um, I'll call on my fellow librarians to be like, okay, guys, this is what I need. What you got? So, yes. And I was wondering, what are some of the books that are currently very popular? Um, because it's uh, elementary, it's, you know, pre-K through fifth grade. That's right. Um, is there like certain things that you're seeing like in the lower middle elementary and then the upper elementary grades that are just kind of um, perennial favorites? Yeah, um, Captain Underpants and Diary of a Wimpy Kid stay off the shelves. They just constantly, like I have three sets of every Wimpy Kid book and they stay checked out. Um, they're just really intriguing. They're pretty easy to read, but yet they have, they're challenging as well. Um, so it's kind of like that sweet spot for my upper grade kids to read of, it's challenging, but it's enjoyable. So I'm not stressed out about understanding it and when they open the book and this is a big component of what i want to read for a kid is are there a lot of words on the page <laughs> and i'm my spiel every beginning of every year and i'm like don't tell me there's lots of words on the page i know i know but that's kind of what books are <laughs> and so getting over that fear of having lots of words on the page so yeah i would say wimpy kid captain underpants um lots of sports books were checked out this year and believe it or not a lot of my biography books stayed checked out this year which was unusual most of our kids in previous years they weren't interested in biographies and i don't know what happened this year and i'm not complaining but my biographies were checked out a lot just a variety of different people oh, that's always good to hear i don't know I and then I was wondering, are there certain types of books you would like to see that maybe you you haven't seen available for purchase for your library that you're like, oh, I want to, you know. Yeah, I, I would like to see more books that are in that sweet spot of, you know, a little bit challenging, but enjoyable for the kids. But it's really, really difficult balance of, you know, not too challenging, but easy to understand. I mean, it's a sweet spot. So yeah, I would love to see more. And if you've ever opened a Wimpy Kid book, you'll see that there's, it's written in kind of a, uh, a diary format. So it's a like slightly handwritten, lots of illustrations, you know, it's 
the words are spaced out. So it's not intimidating for a book when a kid, it's not intimidating, excuse me, it's not intimidating for a kid when they open this book and they're like, oh, that's a lot of words. It's, mm-hmm. oh, it's not too bad, even though the same amount of words are in that book as anything else. You know, I guess a book formatted that's child-friendly, I guess is what I'm looking for, because um, also checked out a lot are my, um, my brain just stopped. The, uh, they're not called comic books. Oh, graphic novels. I'm sorry. <laughs> I encourage my students. I encourage my students to use the word graphic novels because parents generally like, why are you reading that comic book? Because comic books have a negative connotations, but graphic novels, oh, it's a novel in pictures. So kids really like that too. So a lot more graphic novels would be great as well. Oh, wonderful. That's great to hear. Yeah, I've there has been this very surge uptick of like uh from me just talking to other artists, they're like, I'm really interested in writing and illustrating graphic novels. So that's good to know there's an audience for it. Oh, absolutely. And they're actually rewriting um, the um, Babysitter's Club as graphic novels. They're currently going through that whole series, redoing them as graphic novels. Awesome. Yeah, I read those like when I was like, (laughs) I I did too. I read all of them when I was younger and I'm like, wow, this is cool. And I want to go back and read them the originals again to compare the graphic novel to see how close they they did that's my nerdy library inside of like I want to read both (laughs) well I was wondering talking about older series are there any other series that um also tend to be consistently like um like older like I guess taking like older like babysitters club that are older that you know are capturing the attention of kids these days it goes in cycles like I've had the Nancy Drew books checked out on occasion like they all get checked out because I have a small group of girls that are like oh this one's really good and so they tell their friends and then all their friends get it so there was a while where all my Nancy Drew books stayed out um Junie B. Jones is a bit of an older series and it's it stays checked out big time um the kids love junie b um as far as i mean harry potter is not that old but it stays checked out as well um clifford oh my gosh kids love clifford and berenstain bears they love berenstain bears <laughs> i like so. berenstain bears too <laughs> i know yeah, and I don't so like uh, yeah, that's awesome that those are still, you know, popular with mm-hmm. um, young kids and that I know. Story. Yeah. I mean, I I but I encourage it as well. So again, it's when a kid comes in and says, "Can you pick something for me to read?" Cuz once I get one kid reading it, they're like they take it to class and then their friends are like, "Ooh, I want that book. Where'd you get it?" And so it it kind of spreads. It goes in cycles. Like all my Clifford books will go out at one time because the whole whole class will be like, "Ooh, let's go get Clifford books." So it's kind of cute. I enjoy it, you know. That's great. And I was wondering, as far as um, I was talking to another librarian, and I kind of had this in the questions, but kind of not. I guess I should have okay. clarified better. But um, does your does in elementary is it just based on your the books that you purchase for your besides also the interest of the students is there like um an overall like collection policy like I think I talked to a public but she she worked for like public uh a library not in the school um education well 
I mean, it's still educational, but in not in the school setting and public schools, but they had a collection policy. Do elementary um, librarians have a collection policy as well? I was just curious about that kind of that overarching like. Not really. Um, I order my books from Follette, which is the same company that we have our book checkout and our book cataloging system with so that that kind of self filters some of the titles that either aren't great or not entirely appropriate for, you know, elementary. So they'll end up tagging if something is, you know, on a questionable list, so to speak. So um, generally, I just go to Follett and order through there. And, you know, as far as collection development, my county doesn't have a policy. It's just one of those like, hey, just use your best judgment on what you order. Oh, nice. And so I was also wondering with the um, books, because um, I just remember from my <laughs> my son being in elementary school, they're very hard on books. How often, because once again, it's not all my original questions, but how often are you having to repurchase um, books? Because uh, I would assume, you know, after so many years, they do get yeah. a little bit worn and you're just having to rebuy. Yeah, um, I don't think there's a set amount of time that they wear out, but I do buy from Follette and I do buy the uh, the library bound books. Um, they do hold out better. Like I don't order from Amazon um, because they just don't have the spines for it. And I'll have a kid be like, hey, can I bring this book and give it to the library? And I said, you can. It, it won't last, but we can certainly put it here for other people to read. Um, and you can feel a difference between a library-bound book and just a book from Amazon. Um, I had PTO purchase me two copies of, two paperback copies of the Wimpy Kid books, like I was telling you, and I reinforced them with book tape. And they're holding out so far, but I only bought them in, or they bought them for me in March. So <laughs> they're already starting to show some wear and tear. But yeah. If it's the library bound, they do pretty well, you know, but I try not to order off of Amazon because mm -hmm. they just can't hold up. Oh, that's good to know. So, yeah. And I was wondering um, as far as what do, you know, because librarians also have the options to have authors and illustrators come to their school and visit. Mm -hmm. I was curious, like, what are you looking for in terms of like when you want to have um, somebody do some programming at your school? I was curious about that just someone who's engaging you know it doesn't have to necessarily be someone that they recognize it's just someone that is super interesting we had a local author come my first year there when i was that the previous media specialist had set up before he, uh, he had to leave um and the kids enjoyed her a lot but we just uh haven't focused on that lately but it's just anybody who's engaging that the kids can really just relate to and somebody that's going to be down there you know active and have them engaged with what they're talking about. Oh, that's awesome. Is there a certain time period? That was also a question I um, I didn't have on my list originally. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> when um, you're planning for something like that, how far in advance do librarians generally typically plan for something? Um, personally, I wouldn't need much time because I'm just kind of a roll with it kind of person. I'm sure some other librarians would need, you know, a couple months time to, to prepare just to get their kids reading his or her books and getting them interested in what their topics are and, you know, having a bit of a welcoming committee and kind of thing. But I pull those things together pretty quick, so I wouldn't need a lot of time. But I think most librarians probably, probably about three months, I would think, just to get their school prepped and permissions from the powers that be and everything, you know. 
Well, that's good to know. And um, I really appreciate you answering my questions about, you know, being a librarian mm -hmm. and, um, you know, how the, you know, because sometimes it's hard for, um, if you don't talk to a, a librarian, you may not know as an author illustrator exactly like where they're ordering, what they want right. to see, right. like that. So I really appreciate that. Um, my um, last question I was going to ask is, um, during your journey as being a librarian, and um, as I also think librarians are definitely educators, what yep. do you feel, uh, you know, is there anybody you feel grateful for that has helped you along your way? Well, my parents, obviously, because they were teachers. Um, my professors that uh, trained me there at Georgia Southern were very helpful. Um, they they were helpful. Um, my husband is great. Um, my daughter, to be honest, she's been an avid reader since she was really tiny. And a lot of times I'll be like, what did you think of this book? I'll give her a book to read. And she'll be like, eh, it was okay. Or like, oh, this was really great, mom. Thanks. You know, she's 15 mm -hmm. now. And I don't have to do it quite as often, but uh, still be like, hey, what do you think of this book? And I'll let her look it over and read it. So I'm thankful for her as well. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing um, your insight as a librarian. And um, thank you so much for, you know, inspiring young readers to want oh, to read all that, you know, and just, you know, the excitement of, um, you know, I don't know. I remember like when I first got into reading, I think I was older. I was like, you know, like in third grade, but I struggled, like you said, reading did not come naturally and so I, I had a librarian the school librarian was like I have a set of books and or the Nancy Drew books it's so funny because um she was just like your name is Nancy and there's a girl who solves mysteries and then it kind of like kick-started me into getting more into reading so. Oh, that's great. I love I love stories like that and and you reminded me that believe it or not the boxcar children my students, I think my probably school, I'm probably the only school in the country that these kids love the boxcar children. But I've got a group of kids that I think they read every single one this year. And I'm like, <laughs> and because I, I think it's because at the beginning of the year, I read a portion of the first book and we compared how different life was then. Because if you remember at the beginning of the boxcar children, these four kids are just walking down the road there's no parents there's no <laughs> adult supervision whatsoever and then they go and lay in the bakery take a nap in the bait or sleep overnight in the bakery and yeah so we compare how different it was and they just got hooked on uh, boxcar children <laughs> and michelle my next That's question awesome. is yeah, um, how are how is the banned books in um your library do you have to worry about that because that's a very um you know big topic and for authors and illustrators um with some of the books that they're writing and illustrating and I was kind of curious about how that's handled in your county um we actually our um overarching goal this year for our media specialists for the county was to reevaluate our challenge policy and so we went through that policy and updated it for everybody just so we have that on, on hand in the event there is an official challenge. Um, we haven't actually had an official challenge yet, so that was really nice. Um, but on a personal level, I don't believe in banning books. I think we get to read what we want to read, but at the elementary level, we definitely need a filter um, because sex and violence don't, in my opinion, don't belong in the elementary 
children's books section. Um, it's just too risky because that's something the parents need to approach when the child is ready. Um, and in fact, I had one uh, child coming, wasn't an official challenge. And she says, my mom doesn't want me to read this book because this girl has a crush on another girl. And I says, oh, okay, no problem. So I took the book from her and she checked it back in and went about her day and I put it back on the shelf because it was an official challenge. But in my opinion, also that represents somebody that's probably in our school. Um, and they need to know that that representation is available to them. So whereas I'm against banning books in general, I am for filtering books for elementary level. <laughs> that makes sense. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are stories that I go like, I, I just, every parent I've talked to, they're like, oh, I read that one, read that one with my kids. And it just kind yeah. of always cycles through. And even though like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, but the illustrations also hold up really well. Usually, you know, mm -hmm. like the ones that I think of like, um, trying to think of, of course, like where the wild things are. I think yeah, yeah. every parent ends up at some point checking it out or buying a copy for their kids to read. And it just holds up so well. And I, yeah. I remember yeah. when it was first published, it's probably like, I don't know, 60s or something like that, maybe. Yeah. I can't remember. It was a while ago. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. And so mom will take, or the kid will take the oh book. Oh my gosh, I read that like, when I was your age. Can we read it together? You know, and that's, that's fun. Or I've had actual parents email me and be like, hey, my kid is struggling. Do you think you can help them out? And I was like, yes, send them out. Or if you want to come after school one day, you know, after the buses have left and we can walk through and maybe get some interest going, you know, because honestly, getting someone interested in a story is where the reading the love for reading comes from because you want to be completely immersed in a story, you know? So if I can find something that the kid likes, a writing style or an illustration style where they love to look at the picture, you know, like Chris Van Allsburg comes mm -hmm. to mind because his images to me are just amazing. I just love the illustrations in those books. And so they're like, oh my gosh. And like, oh, cause he did, um, the Polar Express, and that's a huge one every year around Christmas time for our school. And I was like, did you know he wrote these books too? <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I want to read that one. And so they all get checked out. So, so yeah, absolutely. It is that generation having like, oh, I read this and your mom read it to my mom read it to me and now I'm going to read it to you. And it just, it just becomes a, a domino effect. Well, thank you, Michelle, for your time. And absolutely thank you for your expertise and of i hope course. you have a wonderful summer <laughs> you awesome. all right thank, thank you so much all right uh thank you everybody for listening to my creative life bye mm -hmm.